he's my guy. You know, I, I know if I call him, he would be there for me and he would be real with me. With him asking certain questions, it really helped build our bond. Failing. 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 I know. We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Listeners, I'm so excited today because not only do I have one guest, but I have, you guessed it, two guests today who are not only great friends, not only mentorship, but a wonderful example of what I, I kind of think a wonderful example of a men, a man's friendship, which today and women listeners, I know you're going to agree with me on this one. Men don't have as many friends as we women do. And I think there's a great opportunity for this. And this also, their friendship started in mentorship. We're going to get into the story, but I am so excited to welcome Gerard Lindsay and Mike Rodarte. Happy to be here. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here today. All right, guys, tell us a little bit about where you both grew up. Because you you didn't know each other growing up. So where did you both grow up? And tell us about your family of origin. I was born in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I lived in Lexington with my mom and dad till I was about seven years old, eight years old. Then we moved to uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, just me, my mom. Uh, my dad and mom got divorced. Uh, dad passed away. So my mom brought us up here to Cincinnati, Ohio. We lived with uh, my uncle for a little bit. Um, we started in Winton Terrace, then moved to Avondale. Uh, Gerard, Gerard yeah. let me ask you, are, what, are you the oldest, middle, or youngest? Great question. Great question. I'm actually the middle. So <gasps> that was so very I. challenging. So yeah, I. I grew up in a household. You know Isn't the middle the best? It is, I, 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 you would think, right? But it's like you're always in between the two. So I don't I think know. the middle is the best if you grew up with two sisters. Uh, <laughs> My brother yeah. might say that with two yeah. older sisters. Uh, two older sisters, yeah. I don't even think anything's the best if you grew up in a household full of women. No disrespect, <laughs> but we just put that out there. I mean, and that's pretty you're straightforward. It, just, it was just us growing up and... Uh, you know, we had a lot of challenging times, um, but my mom, she she did her best with us and, and we made it through some things for sure. OK, so so you guys moved to Lexington and you're in grade school, so you're pretty young, but some formative years. Yep. Did your move to Cincinnati, excuse me, from yep. Lexington. Did your how old were you when your dad passed away? Uh, I was uh, I was nine years old when my dad passed away. My dad actually passed away. He was in prison. So when I was seven, mm. he actually went to jail. Yeah. And then he passed away um, and nine years old. So my mom was really an integral part in just caring for us, making sure that we had the things that we needed, um, stuff yeah. like that. We kind of bounced around for a little bit, but she got us together. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I want to come sure. back to that a little bit later. Cause Absolutely. that's got to impact your story. Uh, and, and who you are today. So for sure. thank you for sharing that. No problem. Mike, Mike, where'd you grow up? Yeah, my story is a little different. You know, I, I was born and raised in Cincinnati. Um, you know, my parents both had big families, uh, five siblings each. And, you know, my father actually is uh, Hispanic. My grandfather came over uh, from Mexico after he got his medical degree and practiced medicine here in the States. They actually moved to uh, Norwood, Ohio, and he worked at a GM plant, um, which was a big employer at the time 
in Norwood. Uh, my mom's side is largely German, and uh, you know, parents are still together today. Uh, huge role models for me have been uh, very involved in my life. I've got one sibling, a younger brother, and then uh, stayed in Cincinnati for most of my life. Uh, Cincinnati Public Schools and went away to college at Ohio University in Athens and did a stint in uh, Cleveland, Ohio and came back uh, about 2016 or 2006, actually. Because Cincinnati is way better than Cleveland. Just kidding, but not really. How did <laughs> I had you guys? Some, I had some good times up there. I, I love Cleveland. Uh, it gets, right. it gets a bad rap. Uh, Cincinnati's yeah. great, though. You're right. It does get a bad rap. But there's a big game coming up next week. Football game, listeners. This will not be out uh, before then. But anyway, how did you two meet? So we met about 10 years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost to the day. And uh, we were part of a a program called Teamworks, which was under the uh, Crossroads umbrella at the time. And, um, you know, I was attending Crossroads and they do, they do so much great things for the community. And it was one of these pilot programs uh, where it paired, you know, a younger adult with an industry mentor, um, not, nothing in specifics in terms of an industry, but, you know, to help somebody with budgeting, kind of life management, goal setting, um, and I had been involved in some mentorship programs and it seemed like a, like a great opportunity for me, um, to kind of get involved there. And, you know, I got matched with Gerard, um, and, you know, 10 years later, you know, we're, we're still, we're now good buddies. Um, yeah. I think he gives me more advice today than I give him, but I, w- I won't um, say yeah. that. <laughs> Gerard, what brought you there? Yeah. Um, I was, I was clueless, right? I didn't know what. I wanted to do as far as my next steps, right? Um, as I mentioned, right, my mom, uh, she didn't go to college or anything, so uh, she guided me the best that she could, right? She did, a, she did a lot of great things, but I just grew up in an area where I didn't see a lot of things that I wanted to right. do. So right. um, I was actually working at this um, office depot um, warehouse, and the the bus that I used to catch was right across the street from the Cincinnati Works. So I just went there, was looking for some jobs, some professional development. They recommended a mentorship, which I wasn't really too familiar with mentor programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of led me to meeting Mike and, and the rest is history, so to speak. Okay. This is what I find so fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're a man or woman, and we talked about this previously, but being able to ask for help is such a huge, humbling thing. What was that moment in which you were like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask for help? Or was it tiny moments? Oh, man, that's a great question. I always, uh, so when I grew up in Lexington, I had a really, really, I had a two parent household. It was really different. We lived in a great house. And then when my dad uh, went away, our life changed dramatically, right? It was like we yeah. came up here with a destitute setting. So I yeah. always knew that I wanted more, right? I just didn't know. Because how you had to go seen I because had you had at one point seen it. For sure. For sure. So I just didn't know how to go about getting it, right? I didn't know how to go about getting it. Um and I think that's what kind of pushed me a little bit to kind of just try to seek it out a little bit for sure. Uh can I ask you a phrase that you just used? Uh, I, I have a friend who 
had multiple, multiple, multiple DUIs and mm -hmm. went off to prison for that. And he too said, went away. For sure. I think yeah. it's interesting the language that we use around went away. Mm -hmm. So what are you asking me specifically? Are you just like, why, why went away instead of got sent to... It's such yeah. a negative connotation, right? Oh, got sent to prison. You don't really want to... And then I think growing up, our, my mom really wouldn't say that around us. So it just became our language, you know, it just mm -hmm. went away. It just, it felt better to say that than to say when my dad got sent to prison, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, I just think it's fascinating the language that we all use. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's easier to say that than to, to say the reality, right? Mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. Okay, so... You hit this point, you're like, I'm going to ask for some mentorship. You see mm -hmm. it when you're working that one day. And then you guys meet. Tell us about the, the relationship. I mean, you're not that, your age isn't that big of a difference, right? Yeah. So um, how did you guys all build that trust? Yeah, we'll probably have different answers on that. You know, different perception, right? You know, uh, it, it definitely took time. You know, there's always skepticism on both both parties, right? You know, yeah. on my end, how committed is th is this person to really wanting to improve themselves or take you know take my advice or you know listen to me? And uh, you know, from his perspective, it, there's probably some skepticism as well. Is that fair? Yeah, fair yeah, statement? yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know this guy, right? Who? It, why all of a sudden with this white guy just want to come in here help me? What have I done that makes him want to help me? Um, how do I know it's genuine? How do I know it's authentic? Right. I hadn't came into contact with a lot of people like Mike at that point in my life. So how do I know this is genuine? Um, so definitely some skepticism there, but, but I will say probably after one or two meetings, I say one meeting in particular, he takes me to breakfast and we're having breakfast and we're just, you know, he's asking me, um, some mentor questions, asking me about goals, budgeting. And he's like, yo man, like, I really want to help you. If you want, I can create an Excel doc. And mm. mind you, at this point, I'm not even familiar with it. To, to be honest with you, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But he's like, I can create an Excel doc and, you know, we can go over your budget monthly. You can tell me what you're spending and things. And I'm like, bro, I'm I'm fine. I'm cool. Like, I, I don't need all of that just because why are you trying to get in my finances? <laughs> right. Um, but but fast four years later, that's my guy. That's my go to in regards to financial questions, man. He's definitely like a financial concierge advisor to me so so to speak and i mean your professional success now mm. is very different than what it was 10 years ago because For of sure. that right so today what are you doing what's your yeah what yeah yeah so and how so are you giving back gerard because i think that's pretty cool too for sure for sure so when i met mike right i had I already flunked out of UC. Um, I had tried to go to UC. I flunked out due to grades, right? I didn't have good studying habits. So me and him, along with a couple other mentors of mine, like we had a lot of ongoing conversations about next steps. And I, I definitely say he drove me to, you know, some some career opportunities, right? And helped me like he was integral as far as resume building and other things. Um, currently, I'm a senior operational risk analyst at uh, Citibank, right? Um, so definitely a good position. I can't complain at all. Um, and as far as giving back, um, 
you're going to hear some of the ways we give back, right? We, I think we're giving back on a, a huge scale and I'm excited to let Mike tell you all about that. But uh, I mentor too, right? I coach youth football. Um, I volunteer. Uh, I was on the board of the young, the young professional board of Cincinnati Youth Collaborative. Uh, I, I don't think giving back is just, and that's just formal ways, right? Um, there's a multitude of right. ways to give back. So however I can, however I'm available to do so. And you, yeah, I'll just throw in there too. I mean, other than what you mentioned, I mean, you had a, you had a podcast you did. Yeah. Was it yeah. weekly or monthly talking about real issues in our community, social injustice issues? Excuse me. Like, you did I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, What's so it when called? COVID, it was called the discussion, right? So when COVID hit, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Maurice Stewart, and I, we were having conversations. I'm not sure, sir, if you remember where everyone went downtown when COVID hit and there was orders to stay in. Everyone went downtown to the Shell gas station. They was calling the club shells and it was a big ordeal. No, but either no, way no, it goes, no. well, Maurice and I had a conversation about that and that conversation led into the discussion. And then from that point, we decided to make a podcast about just different social injustice issues. But I saw homeless issues, a, a myriad of issues that were going on within our city. And we brought local community leaders in um, to, to actually speak on that platform and just kind of spread yeah. the word during COVID, for sure. For sure. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate the, uh, the oop, Mike. Oh. No, I always, I, I love your hustle, man. And it was you know, he only had so much time. And Sarah, as you know, it's not just getting up to the mic and just doing a session. I mean, there was so much preparation that, that he and the, his other partner did. And I thought the issues were, they're front and center. And a lot of people didn't want to talk about it. And they brought on some great guests. And, you know, I, I just thought it was a great thing that you did. I love the name of it. Solid. I appreciate it. Over the years, I've coached executives and young professionals looking to embrace their strengths, level up their leadership, and find their dream careers. Just like my podcast guests, my clients have been stuck, but I've helped them navigate whatever challenge they're facing and find a way forward. That's the goal of our 10-week coaching program, Move Forward. Through my guests' best practices, our coaching tools, my team and I will help you discover your primary motivations and challenge the unhealthy and limiting beliefs that are holding you back. You'll use neuroscience to create new healthy habits and create a move forward plan for your future. If you're interested, you can visit failforwardpod.com backslash coaching to learn more and to sign up for a one hour exploratory coaching session. That's failforwardpod.com backslash coaching. All right. So why don't you share, share what the most recent endeavor you two are working on? Yeah. So Gerard and I, um, and a few others, we started a, uh, a nonprofit here in Cincinnati, level up Cincinnati. Um, and the basics of it is we're, we're tackling a problem, um, with black and Latinx students first generation primarily in graduation rates and career placement here in Cincinnati. And the two stats I'll, I'll just throw out because they really hone in on the problem is one in two black and Latinx students don't graduate college. And then when you get into it with first generation, when you add that nine out of every 10 don't graduate college. So nine out of every 10 first generation black and Latinx students do not graduate college. It's a huge problem. Um, right there front and center 
And I think tying in for me, being involved in, you know, big brothers, big sisters for 15 years as a big, you know, working with a lot of, you know, I've had three littles, three black littles. I've seen, I've seen a lot. I've dealt with a lot of ups and downs as they navigated their lives and through high school, you know, seeing this problem, the gap from when they graduate the program at age 18, when the program ends, you know, there's no support system. So in summary, you know, we're, we're tackling this big problem that you're seeing with first generation black and uh, Hispanic students. And the other problem on the, the other side of the coin is, you know, in our community nationwide, you know, corporations, you know, there's, there's a big drive right now for diversity, equity, inclusion. But the problem is there's, there's not a lot of candidates and, you know, it's, it's the chicken egg thing. So how do we, how do we kind of bridge this gap? And, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and have a qualified candidate to kind of, to meet a quota at works, but there are all these students, first generation students, and there's something in their life, you know, whether it's Gerard or someone out there where they're the first in their family that decided to go to college, they have a drive in them, but they have no network. They have no, no peers surrounding them, encouraging them to kind of follow through with it. And what we're building with coaches and mentoring throughout college is someone to be there for them, to open doors for them, to give them guidance, uh, things that people were born into just from their family and friends. And once we solve that problem of college graduation, what we're also doing is helping them find the right careers for themselves. You know, so careers. I'm, so I'm going to so pause right there. I got a question for you. So are you guys helping them going like, when you say, are you, are you giving them scholarships to go to college and then also the support or what, what is, what does it do? Yeah, we're, we're working with UC actually here in Cincinnati, who as a university, they're doing great things with admissions and diversity as it is. They have a ton of great programs, first generation students, but we're working with them on scholarships. And so these students as part of our program will be getting scholarships. And on top of that, they'll be paired with a coach mentor for, for freshman through senior year, who will work with them on all the daily struggles that a college student has, especially a first generation. Um, anything from budgeting, Gerard, you can speak to some of this, just the sure. feeling inundated with classes, the stress, not knowing what career yeah. to pick. Uh, we'll surround them with others that are in the same situation. And these mentors will help them make it through freshman to sophomore year. And then we'll pair yeah. them with a different mentor that will be more focused on the career that they choose okay. and then they will graduate and that mentor and then our network yeah. of advisors that we'll have on the board will give them, we'll open a network for them, the social capital that they lack That's right. to be able to navigate and find the right careers for them. And, you know, over time we're going to change the makeup of corporate boardrooms and it, it, you got to start small, but you know, it's been really well received by a lot of the companies we've talked to, uh, community partners, and UC has been just wonderful to work with. So, you know, there's a lot there to unpack, but, you know, we're really excited about it. And uh, there's, a, there's a definite need. How do people apply to level up? And then what if I wanted to be a mentor and help out? What can I do? Sure. In terms of being a student, once you're admitted to UC, there's a there's a number of different programs you can apply for, especially if you're first generation, if you're Pell Grant, depending on your income levels. So a lot of these students will have scholarships, but college mm-hmm. is expensive, and yeah. um, there's a lot of expenses on top of just admissions that that they need help with. 
So they'll apply to the program. The school's going to be, uh, the foundation will be doing the application process and the selection of students. And then once admitted, you know, they'll be introduced to the program and we'll have curriculum that we've developed. Um, you know, we'll have the mentorship coaching aspect and we'll have monthly sessions that we'll be doing with these students. And in terms of how else you can help and apply, as I mentioned, we have a coach mentor network. So the one-on-one coaching, which is similar to the big brothers, big sisters model, you'll be paired with mm-hmm. someone from freshman and sophomore year or junior and senior year. So if you feel you've got industry expertise or you were a first generation student yourself, you know, within the 10 to 15 years uh, of graduation, so you could better relate to these students. Those are the type of people w- we'd love to talk to. You've got a passion okay. for mentorship. Um, that, that's really the key trait is a passion for this. And then on top of that, we have a leadership network, which is made up of 30 to 40 individuals in the city. Um, mm. If you feel like you've got an influential network or you're connected in one industry more than others, we'd, we'd love to talk to you because, again, we want to build this social capital, this network that these students would not have because of their background That's or great. because of their ethnicity. And we want to open those doors and give them jobs in the community. Levelupcincinnati.org, right? That you can go there, click on get involved. You can become a, a coach, professional launch network. So if you want to get involved, also you can go to levelupcincinnati.org and find out a lot more information about how you can get involved as well. That's awesome. We'll put that in the show notes too. Cool. Um, you know, one of the things that we struggle with, that the company that I work for struggles with is finding that talent mm-hmm. and knowing that it's important because it's not only important um, for people that currently work there because they want to see others that look like them, but it's also important because then we're going to have a better customer service experience for our customers. Um, but it's a challenge, it is really a challenge for us. I've got somebody on my team right now who um, he told me last night that in high school, he couldn't play on the basketball team because he needed to help his mom and he needed to work and help pay for his uh, siblings. And I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. working was an option for me, right? If I wanted to, not because my parents needed help. And so the added pressure that he had He's only 23 and he's uh, more mature than I was in my mid thirties. So you mean to tell me you're not still in your mid (laughs) thirties. You know what? I love you so much. That was amazing. Yes. All right, fellas, here's what I want to talk about now. I love Mm -hmm. your friendship Mm -hmm. and I really think it's this fascinating subject that why do men not, why do men, why don't you have as many deep friendships as women do? I don't think we need them. That's my, I, I, don't, I don't think we need them. Um, that's my quick and short answer. I can uh, I can deep dive on. Yes, it, you do, my, Gerard. Died, oh my Gerard. god! <laughs> I, I just don't. I, I feel like it's like my girl. She's always pressing me. You need therapy. You need therapy. And I I just don't feel like one. I don't think we like to talk as much as women. Um, at least from my experience. And two, I I, I think we as men. We, we internalize some things, right? So it's just like we can deal with it on our own. Um, I know my close friends, including Mike, I, I just don't want to share all of that information. I think it leaves you real vulnerable sharing all of that information with other people. And mm-hmm. I just don't think we're interested in doing that. 
Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me reframe this. I'm not saying you have to have 50 friends. Okay. Yeah. But you do have to rely on other people. And that's Mm -hmm. what you did with Mike. And not every person would do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a good learning lesson. And Mike has relied on you for things. For sure. Men need men as friends. You do, Gerard. Oh. Okay. Come I on. You're the exact. Well, you did. You are. You seriously. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. Look what, what look at the fruit from that friendship. No, I, I I I hear you. I hear you. Right. I I think we just don't seek it. Right. Um, I think for me, I can only speak for me. Right. I don't want to pretend to speak for every man in the world, but I think it's just a trust thing. Right. Like I told you in the beginning, like me and Mike, we were skeptical of each other. Right. So it's just and then the older we get, the less time we have to try to build trust. I already have this close network of guys who I trust. They've been solid over time. I don't have time to be disappointed. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. It's just I have a close group of friends who I've trusted over time and I don't really even give other people the opportunity to build trust, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I love that you've got your tribe. You've got that mm-hmm. close group of not. And I would say that's not the case for everyone. So that's a gift. Mike, what do you think that. about this? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I definitely understand the question and perspective on it. You know, I, I think it's easy for guys to have friends, but to connect with somebody on deeper levels, you know, of, of the same sex, another guy, I think that, that, that's, that can be a challenge. There's a lot of stigmas and, um, you know, you don't want to come across as like overly emotional or sensitive and, you know, afraid to kind of open yourself up on how you really feel about issues. And I, I think the great thing about, you know, you know, getting to know Gerard is, I think, you know, over the last 10 years, we've, we've kind of both dealt with kind of our ups and downs on life. And we were both completely transparent and forthcoming on, on things that were going on. You know, for me, it was my own personal life. And then also I, I had littles at the time with big brothers and there was a lot of things that they were exposed to and went through that were like eye opening for me that I never experienced growing up or in my life. And to have him to kind of share these things with, to give me advice on how to relate. Um, cause he, he has either seen or probably lived some of these things himself. I mean, it was huge. And to kind of go that through with him, you know, I think, you know, with life, if there's a tough, a tough situation, and I need to call somebody, you know, I probably got, I can count on one hand, how many people I would call. He's, he's there. He, he's my God. You know, I, I know if I call him, he would be there for me and he would be real with me. And he would do whatever he could to help me out. And I think he knows I, I would do the same for him. Likewise, one thousand percent. He he actually said something, right? And yeah. I think with him asking certain questions, it really helped build our bond. Like he mentioned, right? He had three littles um within the big brother, big sister um foundation. And he would really call like you don't meet many people who have the passion to really understand what's going on with people who don't necessarily look like them or may not even be related to them. Right. And Mike would call me with questions or would text me with questions like, Hey man, I don't understand this. And and he was open about it and he was open into listening about it. And I, I think for real, that's really probably more than anything that built our bond is just the fact that, yo, this dude genuinely cares about people. He genuinely cares about helping people. 
Um, and we would just have a conversation because even after the breakfast, right, I still didn't understand why he was so passionate about giving back. And, uh, and he would just talk about how, you know, he's been fortunate to, to work hard and to go through things and to have exposure to different networks. Um, and he would, he felt it was just the right thing to do. And it was genuine, but I really, I really want to emphasize him hitting me up to say, yo, I don't know how to deal with this situation. I think that takes courage to be like, I don't know how to deal with this situation, but I want to learn. And, and he was, he was cool about doing that. I love that. I love that guys, anything that you want to close with that you want to share. And by the way, Gerard, I loved that we could go back and forth on that uh, guy friend thing. <laughs> Might oh, have been my favorite too. part. I loved it too. Um, I think, right, um, in theme with the show, Felling Forward, right, I think I just want to speak to how I'm super excited about what we're doing with Level Up Cincinnati. I know there's going to be a lot of hurdles for some of the people that we're trying to serve. And I'm help, I am happy to partner with Mike and Jim to help them overcome these hurdles, Paul, our whole board. Um, I'm just super excited about what we're doing with Level Up Cincinnati. Um, so please be on the lookout for that for sure. Love it. I think if I just tie it back to, you know, again, I want to talk about what we're working on right now and the passion with level up. And it's just been, you know, getting to know Gerard and everything kind of coming full circle, you know, these last 10 years, we were just both at a point where we had the time and the energy and the idea to kind of run with this. And, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think I, I know I wasn't in a position to kind of to run with this and Gerard's come up, you know, he's done so much in the last 10 years. He's at a point in his life where he can give back in so many ways and to, to come together on this. It's, uh, it's just been, been really special for me. And just on the mentorship aspect, you know, behind every great leader, there's, there's a mentor or coach or somebody to help them get there. And I think we just have so much potential in our community. Um, and again, specifically, kind of when we talk about first generation Black and Latinx students, there's so much potential there. And, you know, it could be just as much as volunteering and being a coach to help this person graduate college, to find a great career, and to make a difference in our community and change corporate cultures. And, I, you know, think a big picture. I think there's a huge opportunity nationally um, once this gets underway. Um, once the data is there to show that mentorship can help because it's helped in so many other facets that uh, there's a lot of potential. So another plug for it, but would love to, you know, if you'd like to get involved anyway, we'd love to hear from you. We just, you know, really appreciate passionate people. So. Mm-hmm. Guys, that was awesome. Listeners, I, I had, I'm, I'm not going to say which person on this uh, interview, but one person was a little hesitant and One person was a little bit more forthcoming and you guys rocked it. So well done. Thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate that you took the time because I know you're busy. Thanks for letting us tell our stories. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for having us, Sarah. I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod.